The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome back to this Thursday morning edition of our podcast. Thanks for joining us today as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. Hope you've had a great week. Uh, You're just knocking on the door to the weekend and some break and I hope things are going well for you. We're in Matthew chapter 5, so if you want to join us there as we have been working through the life of Christ through the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, we are now looking into Matthew chapter 5, uh, the beginning of what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, which will cover several uh, sections, several episodes as we look through this. Um, the first thing we're going to look at is what pretty much everybody calls the Beatitudes, uh, the blessed blessed are these different people. Now let me just give you a little bit of understanding of what makes the Sermon in a practical sense, the Sermon on the Mount, intriguing. Why is it that people run to it? What was it that was, to an extent, so controversial, or at least mind-altering in its day? Because there, there was a thinking. This happens today. There's a certain kind of thinking that culture states to be happy, to be fulfilled, to get what I want. There's a certain way to go about it. The world still says it today. The culture still has it today. And the Sermon on the Mount really kind of gives a completely opposite take. You know, how do you treat people who treat you wrongly? How do you handle different things? What is true happiness and fulfillment? So when you look at this, you're really looking at what we like to call counterculture teaching, that the world says this, but I tell you, this is what Jesus is saying, I tell you, there's a very different response to this. Now, really what we're seeing is it's not just, okay, we're going to be opposite of the culture, because then what happens is you're constantly changing your perspective based upon culture, and as much as culture may have changed some of how we do things, it should never change the truth. Culture never, ever changes truth. God's word is established from the day he spoke it before before we were created. Uh, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Um, this has been established since the beginning. The truth has been there. Culture in Noah's day, culture in Abraham's day, David's day, our day, will not change the truth. So we're not looking at this as, because the culture says this, we need to be opposite. What we're looking at is Jesus' is teaching and then that compared to the culture. And the teaching of Jesus has always been counterculture. So we're going to look at this, and really we're not looking at how can we be opposite of the culture. How can we be more like Christ and his teaching and his thinking, which will make us different than the culture? So chapter 5, verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain, and when he was uh, seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, the disciples, again, followers, we're talking about those who wanted to learn, who wanted to grow, wanted to be taught by him. So that's verse uh, verse 1, 1 and 2. So what did he teach? The first thing here, the Beatitudes, breaking down. So I'm just going to go um, verse by verse and just explain. We, you could literally could take a whole session, every one of these, and talk about each one, what it means practically. Uh, we won't do that. We could be in Matthew for the next year if we did that. But So Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, uh, verse there's 3, I'm sorry. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what does it mean poor in spirit? Uh, does it mean that blessed are the depressed, blessed are the discouraged? Uh, not necessarily, uh, although that can lead to it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who really just don't think too highly of themselves. The Bible teaches us that there is some understanding that sometimes the poor will have an easier time getting into heaven. The rich have a harder time getting saved. And a lot of it is the rich put their trust in their own 
giving, their own, their own money, their own ability, their own dependence. They don't need God. They don't need an outside source because they can take care of themselves. They have money. They have this. They have that. So they don't need that. And so they say the poor will have an easier time coming to Jesus because they they, they, they recognize their need of Jesus. So same idea in poor in spirit. Poor in spirit is not necessarily that I hate myself or that I'm angry. It's just that I realize in and of my own self, my own spirit, I need, excuse me, I need help. I need more help outside of this. I can't do this by myself. So those who would come to a realization in their spiritual life that they can't do this themselves, those are the ones that are going to have, are going to, as it says, there's the kingdom of heaven. Those are the ones that are going to come to Jesus, find Jesus, and are going to grow in Jesus. Same thing as a Christian journey. I, I can have a lot of knowledge of scripture, and I can have a lot of experience growing up in church, but the reality is I need to have, I need to be low enough in spirit to know that I need Jesus in all the aspects of my life, as a father, as a husband, all those things. I need to have Jesus in those things. So the poor in spirit is really just, it's the opposite of self-righteous. The self-righteous are about, I got this, I got this figured out, this is all about me, I can do this on my own. In fact, they even go as far to say, I can earn my way to heaven. Where poor in spirit is a realization that I, I cannot do this on my own, I need Jesus. He says in verse number four, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, it's intriguing, you say, so again, we go back to the discouraged, the depressed, and all that. And again, when you are depressed, you are discouraged, if you're willing to turn in that time to Jesus and realize that while there are some things in our world that can be a help, the true answer is Jesus. The answer to the battle is Jesus and God's word. And if you're willing to do that and allow that time in your life that you're battling with to point you and bring you to Jesus, then you're going to find great blessing. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. You found Jesus in those rough times. But then he says, blessed are they that mourn. So what that literally meaning? Well, again, each God used very specific in what words he put in scripture. Uh, the word mourn, the, the simple way to put it, I've heard it stated this year, years ago, and I thought it was well stated. The word mourn, blessed are they that mourn. The mourn bringing, it gives the idea of bringing to the outside what's going on on the inside. Um, see, in our culture today, there's really two extremes when it comes. You have somebody who tells you everything going on in their life, and it's just constant. But most people uh, are just going to kind of keep quiet. They're like, you know, I have my own issues. I have my own battles, and I'm good by myself. I don't want to tell anybody else. No one needs to know what's going on inside. No one needs to know what's going on in my mindset. Sometimes we don't like our own mindset. Sometimes we get afraid of what are people going to think of me when they know what's really going on. And so they're just going to keep the true, their true inner thinking, inner, inner feelings to themselves. Well, in doing that, they're going to miss like they're going to miss comfort. So let's say in a church scenario, um, somebody comes in, and, and I don't know if we need to stand up behind the pulpit and tell everybody what's going on in our mind, but you know when you think about it, in our, in our church scenario, you find yourself in a small group scenario. And in that small group scenario, you're able to share just some things going on in your life. In that small group scenario, you find an intimacy, you find a help, you find a compassion, you find a group of people who aren't there to judge you. You find a group of people who are going to pray with you, are going to pray for you, and then they're going to be there to help you through this time. Blessed are they who let the what's going on on the inside come to the outside. They will find comfort. God is simply saying we're not designed to live this on our own. We are designed to need other people, and we're willing to let other people in. We're willing to let other people know what's really going on then we can find comfort. I guess the best illustration I can give of this is one time uh, when I was a young kid, this actual passage had been preached probably that week and talking about the idea of mourning and, and again, letting people in on some of the hard parts of life to help. And at the end of the message, a lady was just sobbing, 
several ladies came over to, and what it had come down to was just that weekend she had lost it. She had been pregnant. She would lost the baby. She wasn't going to tell anybody, you know, because we're not supposed to battle. We're not supposed to have struggles. We're supposed to handle on our own, be strong, and no one tell anybody. But she just lost it because she'd been trying to go through this horror all by herself. And once she was willing to tell people, it completely changed. I mean, no one, they didn't talk. They didn't scream it out loud. They didn't, just a few ladies sat there. You know what they did? They just cried with her. And I remember, I didn't know what was going on at the time. I found this out later as her husband was explaining and just telling my parents how much they appreciated that. But when I look at all of that, I look and I see that there is a uniqueness to that because that is an example of this, that when I'm willing to allow somebody to come alongside with me in my battles, I get courage, I get strength that I will, when he says, I will be comforted. Um, so the, I wasn't going to, this took longer. I'll try to go, you know, well, I'm, I want to be able to teach these. I think they're good. Um, so we won't go through and finish the rest of them over time today. Uh, maybe a couple more tomorrow. Maybe we'll finish them tomorrow. We'll see. But I hope you stick with us. I love these few in the Beatitudes. John, as you can spend a lot of time studying these, they're encouraging. And there's a reason why God said blessed. Now, by the way, I did not actually say this. The word blessed means happy, fulfilled. Happy are they. If you want to find happiness, happiness is not going to be found in the things of the world. There's some, there's some conditional happiness out there. But the fulfillment, the joy that comes is temporary in the world world where it can be found a permanence in Jesus. And may you recognize as we look at this, what Jesus said is so different. The world says today what Jesus says is just so different. Again, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you being with us. Hope it's an encouragement. Stick with us as we continue through the Sermon on the Mount over the next several episodes and hope this really be an encouragement. Thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.